everyone. It is episode 193 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. Man, two weeks in a row. Here we are. And two of us here at this table are still recovering from a special project that took place this past Saturday afternoon after church. <laughs> Don't blow it. Don't blow it. <laughs> One of us is doubly because he's still been a part of that project all day today. We can share no details, but you won't want to miss its unveiling at Church Retreat 2020 at the end of this month at Camp Kalakwa. Better register quickly if you haven't already because, well, as Tammy said on Sabbath, Space is filling up. Yeah. Pretty soon now, all that's going to be left is tent spots, right? Yeah, cabins. <laughs> <laughs> it's worse than tent spots. <laughs> yeah. Worse than tent spots. All right. Last week, we wrapped up our final installment of the God of Our Whole Life series with a focus on our vision. And we were reminded in that context that we don't wish to exclude or keep out any who are seeking God and that we are not just the church when we assemble within these walls. I love that but that each of us is an ambassador for the body of Christ 24-7. This isn't just a handful of leaders or teachers, staff, pastors. Our vision is that all of us are all in, fully engaged in serving the people of our community. I really like the way that one kind of wrapped up at the end. That was nice. So if you're an absentee member, a newbie, someone who's just found us here at the hospital church slash whole life church soon to be, please go back and go through this last series and message and podcast because – this is who we are and who we intend to be in detail. And if you're wondering or you're not <laughs> sure, that's going to answer all your questions. And then get excited and join our community as we move forward with this vision and all the whys that go with it because I think you'll get excited <laughs> just like the rest of us. All right. Andy's favorite message series of the year started this week. <laughs> all right. Great question. <laughs> not my great question. <laughs> <laughs> is the Bible still relevant to my culture? And – does it speak to my culture today? And I wasn't sure. I was like, where are we going to go? Where are we going to go with this? And I thought it was interesting. And later I realized it was pretty smart of you to ask a simple question to get us started. Why do we want to know? Because it's a great question to ask when asking the first question so that we aren't left with any questions about answers to the original question after we've answered the question. Oh, wait, that's, that's another question. Anyway, why ask why? Isn't a simple yes it is or – no, it isn't a sufficient answer. Well, first of all, I think it's <laughs> going to become a, a bigger and bigger question as time goes on. I really do. I agree. Um, you know, there. I, I don't know. I really don't know if this would have been that big of a question 50 years ago. Right. Yeah. yeah. Different yeah. culture. Yeah. And uh, I think more and more this question is a very important one because – of the way in which the Bible probably has been misused. Hmm. I had thought about in, it that way. In, in terms of this, this has become, you know, we've used it as a club. We've used it as an answer book. Um, and I think that's why this question is so important. So I'm glad we handled it. I'm glad Andy tackled yeah, it. And, and I, think, I think some people seek a yes automatically <laughs> as, a, as a way to, as I mentioned in the sermon, to – validate their biases. Yeah, yeah. And then some people look for a no as way to validate their biases. <laughs> <laughs> and and so to, to really say if it is then what does that mean and and how can it how does it do it? How does know? it? Well, what about the Old Testament? I mean, I am with you that it is, okay? I'll, I'll go with <laughs> I'll I'll check the box next to yes. But we've been going through this Bible in a Year plan with Richard Hickam and a host of others that he invited. I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. And you look at the book of Genesis and past the creation story. Right? It's pretty, pretty, rile, pretty well, fast. 
Yeah. You wonder how many of these stories that you know can hold their own with anything in today's morally bankrupt media. I mean, mm-hmm. could possibly be relevant to our culture or be important to us personally. I mean, these stories you read them and you go, "What what book am I reading again?" Well, well, you know, I, I, yeah, let's I, get Dad <laughs> drunk and sleep with him. Yeah. Let's, let's, well, I think I think there's a really important aspect uh, for those stories to help us understand that that. The, the Bible is not trying to hide anything. Uh, okay. if it, you'd leave a bunch of these stories out if you were trying to write a whitewashed account of God's relationship with humanity. Okay, but we have to see how how God interfaces with people that seem to be more sane and more insane, uh, more moral, <laughs> more immoral, uh, yeah. more proud, more humble, and we need this whole gamut of stories because somebody somebody is similar to. Lot's daughters, okay, and this story speaks to them. But even if, even if it's not just to them, they're like that. It speaks to all of us in the whole overarching story of how God relates to humanity. That He's not expecting a perfect humanity to relate with. That's that ship sailed a long time, time ago. ago. Yeah, yeah. I, I think too that a lot of times what we do is we read a story, yeah, you know, and we read a particular you know incident. And or maybe even just a behavior, you know, just something that took place, and we pull that out of the context. Not, I don't know, say just context, but we pull it out of the framework in which what it was in, and then we say, "This is a lesson I'm supposed to learn," or "This is a truth I'm supposed to take," or "This is whatever," and we we've missed the you know the whole progression of stories, or we missed the bigger story, so to speak. And I think that's that's you know Andy mentioned that in terms of the Bible is really has an overall theme, and I think once we pull pieces of it out, we start to pull away from that overall theme, that overall yeah. uh, the theme story. Must, the theme must control the passage. The passage doesn't control yeah. the theme. Doesn't control. It's the collective passages from yeah. which we can see the theme. Right. And, but there are some passages that standing out by themselves dismatch the theme. Sure. But if you see that story in context of the whole story, you you understand maybe why that story is there, or you may still shake your head and say, why is that story Why there? is the story there? <laughs> but if the story gets left out, then it be- I think it becomes less authentic. It becomes mm-hmm. more whitewashed. Yeah. Right. And I think that you look at it then and you realize, well, you know, why do they even share these stories? They, you know, some of them look, they're brutal. Some of them are, and you kind of get this idea that, well, wait a minute, the progression is important because God works through flawed humanity and we, we want to say, well, God should have stopped that or God should have. No, and, and it, I think it's very relevant to today because, you know, why isn't God doing this or why isn't God doing that? And we try to make sense of it story by story. And what all we have is our own story, right. you know, and so we're kind of doing the same thing mm-hmm. in a way. Well, I like that you use Lot's daughters because if you think about it, I mean, Lot, they're arguing like, hey, if we find, you know, what, 50 and then pretty soon we're down to five. If we find this many moral people, will you not do it? You know, of course, you can't do that. And so the flip side of that is God will listen and God, you know, Moses going after and and telling God, hey, you know, man, these people, but God, you got to spare them. I mean, Mm -hmm. you you can't do this, right? This isn't just. And so you have to take all those stories. Otherwise, you get to Noah. And like God's like, well, everything was wicked. I wiped it out. Well, how do we know it was wicked? We didn't even hear what the wicked was. <laughs> so it's almost like you need the shock value enough right. to go, oh. The things were bad. Maybe the punishment doesn't fit the crime <laughs> in, your, in your mind, but at least you know that it was pretty bad. 
why does the Bible seem like an information dump sometimes where we go there to just say, all right, I'm opening it up and it's, uh, it's like a textbook. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm back in class. I mean, is it just because I grew up with like 12 years of Bible class as a that, class? That's probably part of your pathology. <laughs> <laughs> but but I think I think it's just it's natural for us to think about a, a book. We pick up a book. We, we look at it as a place to learn, learn. things from. Yeah. And as opposed to the scripture, I think one of, the, one of the most important aspects of scripture reading is to recognize that the Holy Spirit, who inspired the original work, is necessary to interpret the, the original work, work for us now. And so it's, it's important for us to come to it with a, with a humble mind, um, not a proud, I, I can understand this by, by, myself, by myself, or to just say, I want to have Bible knowledge. It, it, the knowledge is only there that the story might transform us more and more into the very image of Jesus Christ. That's the whole point of knowing the story is to become more like Jesus. Because you mentioned being transformed by the Bible versus Mm -hmm. simply knowing information. Yeah. But how do you go about this transformation? If you're someone that's in the, well, I got to read my Bible and I'm I'm reading it with like this learning thing. Is that the same as being transformed by it? I had a member in my office today. He said, I really enjoyed the sermon this week. And I said, well, tell me about it. And he said, well, you know, just reading scripture. He said, saying read more more of a passage versus just a verse or a whole section or a chapter or a whole book. And he said, I find myself before this conversation, when I open the Bible to read a, a paragraph or a chapter, I find myself wanting to rush through it and get to the end of the chapter. So to, to I can check that off. You know, yeah. Okay, God, I read my Bible, I did you know, Bible. kind of thing. As opposed to what's in this chapter for me? Yeah. How does this speak into my life? I think the intentionality with which we come to the scriptures make a difference in what we get from them. Hmm. So if we come there thinking I've got to get through this chapter today so I can check my box and say I've read my chapter for the day is different than saying, let me take a couple of really deep breaths. Let me just sort of still myself. And now as I read this chapter, what is God trying to say to me in this passage? Um, well, now, if you're going to do a lot of really good study, you'd say, what is, what's God saying to the original people? The and original then, now, how does that compare to what it was? But, but really, be saying, how does the scripture inform my life? And where can it bring correction? Where can it, where can it bring reformation? Where can it bring celebration uh, in my life as well? Because it's not always negative. Sure. Uh, the scriptures yeah. are like, oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's who I am. But... Um, I think that the intentionality with which we come to the passage changes what we get from it. So what do you suggest for somebody either comes to this whole thing and says, I've been doing the information dump. I'm checking it off my list because I know I'm supposed to, and I enjoy it. And I think I get something out of it, but I want to be more intentional about just reading this. Where would you suggest someone like that start reading that maybe you could, maybe it's not long, maybe it's easily digestible, and you, what kind of a tip would you give someone that's not used to this? Because I think what you're saying is, if we did this, we would read probably more, and we'd get more out of it, and therefore right. we would want more. It would, it would snowball. I think part of it is getting some good questions uh, that you maybe write down. Uh, great questions? Great questions, yeah. <laughs> but some questions about, <laughs> about, so simple things like, what is this saying about God? What is this saying about people? What is this saying about the future? What's this saying about the past? Just some simple questions so that you're not just reading the text, you're thinking about, okay, and what might God be trying to say to me in this text? Some of those kinds of questions as we read cause us to think differently. I, I still think one of the best things you can do is get a serendipity Bible. They're, I don't know if they're still in print even or not, but they had questions beside 
every passage. Really? And those questions were opener questions where you sort of – they were designed for small groups where you sort of like a like a sure. icebreaker. Then some yeah. questions to look at the text and then some application questions. Well, just the application questions alone yeah. uh, make you begin to apply that passage to yourself as opposed to just read it for information. I like that. Serendipity Bible. Yeah, if I can I, find a link to that, I'll see if I can find yeah. one and put it in the show notes. I think that um, – still, It still exists. <laughs> Yeah, I think that what I'm hearing Andy say, and, and it might be very close to what I'm saying, is that a lot of times we want to stop once we find the particular truth either that we're after <laughs> or yeah, – Absolutely. We, it validates what I already believe. Yeah, or yeah. We, yeah it validates. And, it's comforting. And that's, but it's also a dead end. You know, you, you, you kind of move on and that's how we are. Once we, you know, solve a problem, then yep. we want to move on to the next one. So – I think the Bible, of all the other books that you have on your shelf, the Bible is different in the way that you can explore deeper or multiple meanings. So maybe rather than just saying, I'm going to try to find that one message of truth or meaning for me, maybe there is more than one. Maybe. Mm-hmm. And so maybe I don't have to stop at the one and I yeah. can, you know, I can say, well, how many boy, okay, it could mean this, but I really like, okay, if I go a little step deeper, what if it what if it were to mean this? Wow. And to try to find more than just the one thing that I... You this know, this is where journaling yeah. as you're reading about it can that, be yeah. a very good exercise yeah. to just have a blank notebook there by it and write your verse you're looking at and then, you know, questions you have about that or ideas that come from it or truths you pick up from it or how it should how it can mold your life differently we do this in life i mean we do this all the time we say well like i could have handled it this way sure but i could have played this card and handled it another way and so the bible gives us that latitude which is great because there's stories they're narratives of people's lives that we can draw lots of different pieces from them and i think that's the beauty of the bible well and we don't have to solve no. whatever right. whatever question we're asking of this verse or what does this mean about God or how does yeah. what does this mean about God that affects me we don't have to answer that as we read it but if we read it and maybe go back to it read it something mm-hmm. else and go back to it i mean eventually i think we'll 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 find an understanding or a comfort level with it at least well that's one of the reasons when you read our takeaway questions you'll find words like might or how right yeah uh, because those allow us to have a variety of answers yeah uh, we're not tied to an answer. Right. There's there's never a takeaway question. There's not supposed to be anyway. If I do it right, that can be answered yes or no, sure. or with a one word answer because they're more processed. They're you know, how how do you feel about this? How might this affect? I need to this? work through yeah. this to get to yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. And so that's I think the same thing can work just by ourselves as we as we read scripture. Well, maybe my favorite part of this message was this reminder from Andy. He said, "Recognize when you read the Bible and come to some understanding that the point isn't so much about being right or different." But it is meant to make you better. It is to bring you into conversation and debate about ideas and never to make you mean-spirited to another human to whom God is equally saying, I am with you, and to whom the question comes, will you be with me? Wow. I mean, if you – again, if you were to approach everything that you read in the Bible and then – even if it's not for yourself, you, mm-hmm. you pick a situation, someone that you're not maybe getting along with or right. – some situation in your life or just, yeah, having a disagreement and saying, you know, it's meant to make this is whatever I'm reading is meant to make me a better person and someone that God would want on his side, caring for someone or smiling at someone or being a friend with someone. And it's to spark that connection and that conversation 
we often in the Christian circles end up in debate or argument and really seeing from different angles with different backgrounds and cultures and all of those kinds of things come to the Bible. It should be an opportunity as a conversation starter. Yeah. Uh, we have oftentimes used scripture. Uh, Rachel uh, Held Evans said yeah. we use it as a stopper of conversation yeah. instead of a starter. You know, well, the Bible says so-and-so. God said it, I believe it, and that settles it for me kind of thing is over. Yeah. Whereas instead, here's what the Bible says. How, how can that start a conversation? How can that begin to bring community uh, around talking about truth together? It actually, this is actually, I think, the basis for this question. Yeah. I think this is the reason why this question. We're so polarized uh, you know, in our world today that we want to use the Bible to solve these huge uh, moral dilemmas that we want to separate ourselves, you know, or at least uh, find a rule, find a, find something that can create uh, a, a, that I'm in the right and you're in the wrong, especially on some of these moral. Because what we do is we, it, Andy had a sermon about this a couple of years ago about, you know, the ultimate uh, place that we land usually when somebody is wrong is they, they're evil. They're yeah. just yeah. evil people. And if I can get the Bible to prove that, then I've won. Yeah, somehow that and, makes me the, the better person. Yeah. At first, they're just different. Yeah. And, and then you discover they have the same information. Oh, they don't. They're, the they're right. ignorant. You think yeah. they're just ignorant. And then you, they have the same information you have. They're, like, they're not ignorant. They, they're they trying to do something bad. Yeah, there's they're nefarious not, yeah, behind yeah. you. Yeah. I just liked it because just that reminder, it's meant to make you better. And it is never to make you mean-spirited. Because no. if you're using the Bible – Mean spirit. We've all had enough of that, haven't yeah, we? Yes. We, we just – we don't really need any of that. Yeah. And we can't leave this discussion without the don'ts. I very rarely endorse the don'ts, but in this case, it is close behind our why and the importance of our vision. And he gave us a few points on what not to do. <laughs> Please don't read and study the Bible to form sides and draw lines of division or to club each other with the word. We just talked about that. Don't turn descriptions into prescriptions. Yeah. Just because something was described that way doesn't mean it's the absolute way it was supposed to be yeah. done. This is a story about the way somebody else did it. The, and the, the, the way the, the one I see done the most that way is the early church. You know, yeah. they, they all met together and they prayed and they ate together and they had everything in common. And it's as if that's the idealized best way to do it. It was the way they did it. It was a description. It was not a prescription for how we're supposed to do church always necessarily. I mean, it's not a bad thing. We see how that happened. We see yeah. how that turned out in Waco. <laughs> yeah, that didn't, so, didn't work out too well. Really work out so well. Another one, don't claim the Bible says, you can't see my air quotes, using a verse that's hung out there by itself. It may be in the Bible, but that verse must, as all verses must, be interpreted in light of the overall message of Scripture that God is love and all who love are born of God. That's a good one. Yeah. And this one I didn't think of, but it was brilliant. This wasn't really a don't. This is a, more of a do. Spend 95% of your time in that which is relatively easy understood and only about 5% or less of your time in the more difficult passages. And the, the example you gave of the person that you know that did this whole multi-year study and it's <laughs> like, well, at the end we came up with maybe. Whole be. book on the trumpets. <laughs> maybe. Could be. You know, shoulda, woulda, coulda. Yeah, yeah. Not really sure. Might mean this. Might mean that. Nobody knows for sure. But I like that because do the things that make us feel good, do the things that make us feel whole, do the things that make yeah. us feel love. I spend more time in the Sermon on the Mount than I would in Ecclesiastes. I mean, than, than Ezekiel. <laughs> well, and, Ezekiel. But there's, it's more than, I think it's more than just the weight of the time. I, I think that the more we spend starting to realize what God is wanting me to understand in this yeah. letter. So that some of the hard things to understand about, you know, there are a lot of mysteries, not sure. just, oh my, you know, yeah. there's so many mysteries, 
But what he's wanting us to say is those mysteries will be unfolded. I think you'll start to grapple with those a lot easier if you spend most more of your time, time. Uh, yeah, dealing with Yeah, that's good. Them. I like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's a good way to look at that. If we, if we get more acquainted with God's language, you yeah. start mm-hmm. getting feelings of how he's explaining things and the, what he's wanting from you, it should give us more of a, a feel towards those. Well, also, there's a lot of debate usually about the meanings of Scripture in that 5% that it's very difficult to understand. Mm-hmm. And if you've read carefully and opened yourself up to the 95% of Scripture that is pretty open and clear to us in story or in teaching, then you have, you have this wealth of what the Bible as a whole says Sure. that yeah. when you come to the difficult passages and somebody says, oh, that means such and such, you say, well, that, you can't mean that because that's not in harmony with what the, the rest, rest of the of Bible says. Because you're already yeah, well-versed in that. you're already well-versed in that. Got that. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Well, hopefully this gives all of us a little something to think about as we – I know in reading my Bible the last couple of days, it's kind of changed my outlook of how <laughs> I've went into it. So, And I've enjoyed it. All right. This week, one of our FHG takeaways asked, how has God revealed himself to you in nature, your family, the Bible, and through Jesus? And as usual, all the takeaways were excellent. But this week, I, I like this one as a focus because it seems like it's a very basic, but it's an exceptional revelation when you give it a few moments of thought. Maybe a few more minutes of reflections and possibly an additional few writing them down and putting them in front of you this week to remind ourselves of all the ways, big or little, that God has taken his time and revealed himself to us. I love that phrase, yeah. and revealed himself to us. He's taken his time and to reveal you know, himself to us. That's pretty amazing to find yourself in love with a God that first loved you and doesn't keep himself from you when you seek <laughs> right. him out. He's coming after you. You don't even have to go there. It's not a hide-and-seek game. Yeah, and I think that's key, too. He, I like he it. He does not want us to not understand Stand him. It. Yeah, no, he, he doesn't want us. us to be, he yeah, wants yeah, to be revealed. He's not trying to bob tooth. <laughs> right. Well, I think that when if you're taking those last couple of things that we just mentioned and then this, it's yeah. a good base of understanding that you can begin to build, maybe rebuild if it's been a while, or bridge build if you've already built Bridge build. Help someone else realize God's revelations. Help them understand what sure. they're studying and be a person that you were looking for when you said, man, if I could just figure this part out or yeah. I need a, 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 a someone that can keep me on track to keep reading. Like this mm-hmm. this year plan I've been in has been really good for me. I've right. really enjoyed it. So we would absolutely love to hear how God has revealed himself to you. Take your questions, your answers, comment on something we said, didn't say. 407-965-1607 for voicemail or text or email podcast at hospitalchurch.org. And our final thoughts are from Andy's close to his message. And he said, so is the Bible meant to speak to our culture today? The answer is yes. And that only happens when we read it. <laughs> That's a good one. And it happens best when on every page we hear God's promising, I am with you and asking, will you be with me? That was pretty cool. I like the way that we wrapped yeah. that all into the end of it. So, and then Yvette sang. <laughs> well, yeah. then that was wonderful. Yeah. So if you know, if you didn't uh, actually catch the message, go back and do yeah, that because skip actually, the whole message. Just listen to Yvette sing at the end. It was. Uh, <laughs> we it need was, a word from the Lord. It was pretty, pretty, pretty good. So this week's question didn't disappoint. So what great question are we looking at I this week? Even, I don't even know. I don't even know what the question is. It's so confusing <gasps> to me. You, you tell them what the question Hi, Jeff. is, Jeff. Um, I think it's subjugation. It's subju- well, it's about the, the the context of the question is how you know in terms of denominational affiliation. Can oh, I yeah, can I a- can I go against part of the doctrines of the affiliation, or do I have to stay with all of them to become to be part of its membership? Sort yeah. of like that. Yeah. Is that, that one, what it is? Yeah, I think, like, I, think yeah. I think you're right. That one used to confound – I'm still looking forward to hearing you preach on this. this week. <laughs> <laughs> that 
one used to confound me. And then afterwards I said, I don't think that matters one, one bit because at the Maybe end of the day, in other words, do I have to agree with all <laughs> I of answer, these? Yeah. I answer to God and it might be a little bit different for each of us. Yeah. I think I got this. You want me to take over? There, <laughs> I think I got it. There, there is, there is something about having said I'm part of a group. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But we can still be part of the, I feel like I can still be part of the group, even if I'm not yeah. completely total. Anyway. <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for this week. Okay. We only have how many more weeks? Two, three till church retreat? The two weeks and then church retreat. Two weeks. two weeks. So yeah, again, we mentioned it earlier. It's not too late, but you don't want to wait too long unless you're bringing your tent and we put you out in the parking lot somewhere. <laughs> so swipe up in today's show notes one more time and you will find the link to register. Of course, as always, Tammy, T-A-M-I at hospitalchurch.org. She can help you in any way you need even if you're coming just for the day just you need to register and get meal tickets otherwise yep, yep. bring food stop at subway bring something with you all right as always do join us again next wednesday and thanks for listening and have a great week <laughs>